If, if you're glad to be here, say amen. amen. If God's been good to you, say amen. amen. Uh, I just want to read one verse uh, into your hearing, and me reading one verse means absolutely nothing uh, in the grand scheme of how long I'm going to take. But, 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 so I just need to make that clear. Uh, but, but I believe one verse uh, is sufficient to sustain us. Um, that's, that's just how powerful God's word is. I want to read from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. Like I said, it's just one verse, and I'm, I'm going to take my reading this morning from the New American Standard, and it sounds like this. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And if I would just go back one verse, that is verse number 6 of chapter 11, it would say, For without faith it is impossible to please God. You may go ahead and have your, have your seats. <clears throat> I really don't want to harp too much on, on the fact that I, I really am not feeling uh, 100%, but what I've, what I've come to know and come to learn throughout my years of following Jesus Christ on, on this earth is, is there, there is something that, that takes place on Sunday. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you've prepared all week long. You, you look forward to getting together with the saints, and then something always wants to happen on Sunday to, to not bring you into this environment and to in this space. And, and what I've learned is more often than not, whenever I'm having a struggle of not not being here or whether I'm, I'm in a space of I don't want to be here, I don't feel like I'm going to be here this morning or some illness or sickness. I've, I've come to realize every time I've, I've entered into this space uh, where, where I've, I've come to give God worship and God and give him praise and when I've come to connect with, with my fellow brethren, I, I've, I've come to realize every single time that happens there was, there was a word that was to be shared that blessed me. There was, there was songs that would have been sung that would have given me strength. There, there would have been an encounter I would have had with, with somebody that I would not have had had I not been there. And so I, I just want us to be aware and I'm fully aware of that in this moment and I really want to claim, not necessarily only for myself, but I want to claim over all of us that the devil will not have the final say. God is always in control. He is always on his throne. And, and, and at the end of the day, God just wants to feed us. He wants to, 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 to encourage us. He wants to build us up. And he uses opportunities like this to be able to do so. And so I want to I wanna encourage everyone. I know for a fact, and this is just how the Spirit works. Don't, don't mind me rambling on for two minutes. Uh, this is just how the Spirit works. I, I literally have a sheet with, with some notes here, just three points that I wanted to share with the congregation. This is not the sermon, but this is something I wanted to share before the sermon. Three groups of individuals particularly. And Goyo, again, this is the connection of the Spirit. Goyo actually prayed for two uh, of these individuals, two of these groups. Number one, of course, we remember the Smith family, uh, as they would have recently lost Brother David Smith along. And I say the Smith family, it's really all of us too. 
uh, having lost a loved one in the person of David Smith, and so we want to keep them in prayer. Uh, also, I'm mindful of just so many individuals here as I'm looking and I'm canvassing all throughout the crowd. We have so many individuals here that have lost loved ones as well in 2023, uh, not to mention in the past five years or so. And then finally, of course, I want us to keep in thought, mind, and prayer individuals who are currently, they either have family members or they themselves are struggling with some type of uh, health issue, some of which might even be close, uh, near death almost uh, experiences. And one such individual would be uh, William Beard and his family. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with William and his family, this year they lost uh, a few family members, but right now as we, we speak, as we worship together, uh, William has two brothers, Wayne and Robert, that have been in and out, in and out of the hospital. Uh, it wasn't but a couple days ago that, that really Robert was unresponsive, and they rushed him to the emergency room, unresponsive again. They rushed him to ICU, uh, and then through prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of God, who we pray to. And then, you know, just on yesterday, William called me, and I was expecting the worst, and he was like, you would never believe. <laughs> Uh, you know, Robert is up and he is talking and he is eating and he is, I, I, I'm like, no, 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 I, I believe it. Because, you know, my grandmother always used to say, you don't pray to God for rain and then not walk with an umbrella. So I, I believe it. We've been praying. Uh, so I, I, I believe it. But nonetheless, I, 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 do, I do still believe that God is in the miracle working business. Uh, and so whether it is we are praying for health to be restored or whether it is we are praying for God to simply have his way, I just want to encourage us here and I want us to keep that in prayer. Just continue trusting and holding on. Say, hold on. You, got, you guys have to help me preach. Say, hold on. Keep holding on to Jesus. Is that all right? As we've, as we've going, been going through our series on Walk by Faith, it's my intention for us to, to peruse through the book of Hebrews chapter, particularly number 11, and just canvas through some of these individuals that the Hebrew writer would have listed uh, in what is commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith. And, and last week we spent some time looking at the text from chapter 10 uh, of, of, cha of Hebrews through verse number 38 all the way down to chapter 11 and verse number 6. And if you would allow me just to bring back to view some of the observations that we made in the pericope of those or those clusters of text, I think that would be a good place for us to launch really quickly into verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter 11. If you recall, last week, the, one of the observations we made was that there is a correlation and a connection between God's approval and the faith of individuals. And so we saw all the way going back and stemming back from Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 30, there, there were the, the, these two, two words that were constantly showing up in every single verse from Hebrews 10, 38, all the way through to Hebrews 11, 6. It's the word approval and the word faith. And there were vari variations, faith and faithful, approved, approval, pleased and pleasing. These were all variations of the same terms, but we, we recognize there was, that there was a connection and a correlation between God's approval 
and one's faith. Secondly, if you recall, we said that faith is the manifestation of what we know about Jehovah God. Uh, and one of the big statements we made concerning that was that faith comes by revelation and not by speculation. And in other words, faith is, is based on truth that God himself revealed to us. And so it's not left to us to determine what we believe in. No, 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 no. God has given us some truth so that our faith could have a firm foundation to stand on. You, you, you don't have to guess when it comes to faith. You don't have to speculate when it comes to faith. God reveals to us certain information. And more than information, God gives us insight. Say insight. Uh, it, it's, it's not enough for the people of God to have information. It's better when God gives us insight. It, it's not enough, enough for us to, to just know what is in, is in front of the veil. God breaks and he tears the veil and he removes that and he says, I want to give you insight. I want you to know what's, what life is all about. I want you to know what is beyond this physical life. I want you to know what's going on in the spiritual realm. So God gives us insight uh, so that we could have our trust and our confidence in him. Number three, faith at its core is what brings us to obedience, submission of Jehovah God, and in turn, it empowers the human being to do superhuman things. So as we think about the men and women of faith, uh, the men and women of old, they were human just as we are human, but they, they were able to accomplish all that which they accomplished because of the faith that empowered them. And finally, uh, the fourth observation we made, if you recall, according to verse number six of Hebrews chapter number 11, faith is the ingredient that is needed to be pleasing and please God. So without faith, it is impossible. And so we said on last week that the Hebrew writer wants us to develop not only a theology of faith, but he also wants us to develop a testimony of faith as well. And to do that, he, he gave us three quick testimonies. Number one, in verse number three of chapter 11, he said, by faith, we understand. That, that the world was formed and created. Everything that we see was created by the word of God. There is a power there that he says our faith stands on the premise that God was the one that created everything. But don't miss this. I shared this on Wednesday. Don't miss this. Oftentimes when, when we talk about God, we talk about God having his hand in everything. And we give God the attribute of, of hu uh, human phys physical traits. But notice what he says. It's not so much that God had his hand to form it, everything that you see creation came as a result of God just speaking it. God, all God had to say was let there be and it was. You, you, you guys not excited yet. Oh, I, it, it would have been good enough for, for us to picture God forming and, and fashioning with his hands, but God was so powerful, all he had to do was sit back and speak it. And it came into being. So, so the Hebrew writer wants us to recognize that there is power in the word of God. If he could speak it, it is as good as done. If he said it, it's true. If he promised it, you could put all your money in the bank on it. It will be done. 
so he said, number one, I want you to know that we have a testimony. Number two, he, he gives the, 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 the example of Abel offering a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That's verse number four. And then in verse number five, he, he gives the testimony of Enoch. Uh, uh, Enoch didn't taste of death, but that he was taken up by God. And I love how the, 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 the writer in Genesis, Moses, puts it because he shows in Genesis chapter number five, you remember this, right? For those of you who are here, he shows within the confines of the, the, the generations of, of, of Adam, he shows that the, the, the pattern was these men would have lived, they would have birthed children, and then they would have died. So death took credit for removing them from this world. But then we get to Enoch. And Enoch was the break in the pattern because all of a sudden it tells us that Enoch walked with God. And as Enoch walked with God and he had fellowship, he was a little bit different because in his walking with God, what God didn't allow was to, for death to have the credit for taking Enoch. No, 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 no. God said, if you walk with me, death will not be the thing that receives the credit for when you leave this earth. And so it said, because he walked with God, God took him. For the people that walk with God, death will not have the credit. For the people that walk with God, God has the credit for taking you and taking me and taking them from this earth. So as we think about that, here is what the Hebrew writer does as he moves really quickly into verse number 7. You guys with me? All that to come down to verse number 7. And I'm going to try to be done in 10 minutes. Now in verse number 7, he goes on to mention the iconic figure of Noah... To further make his case for what faith looks like for the believer and what faith does. So in our text, even though it's just one verse, the Hebrew writer says some very profound truth in just a few words or a couple sentences. So even though it's just one verse, I want us to see that there is a lot of truth and a lot of deep, profound truth. I, I told you there is some insight, but in order for you to recognize the insight, God has to reveal this unto you. So he, he has the capacity, the Hebrew writer has the capacity to say everything that he said in one verse under the premise, number one, that they have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to help them understand what he is saying. But number two, he has taken into consideration that they know about Noah. All right? So, so when you know something in advance and someone shares something to you now, it, it helps bring inside you. you. Again, I'm trying to help you to see that faith comes from a place of knowledge and not just from a place of ignorance. All right? And so he takes into consideration that they know something about Noah so that when he's able to, in a very brief way, share these thoughts about Noah, it is going to spur them on to continue living on in this life of faith. And so I want us to see this really quickly. So some background, some background really quickly about Noah. The first time we encounter Noah is actually in Genesis chapter number 5. In the section called the generations of Adam. And I want you, if you don't mind, to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5. We'll start in chapter 5 and of course we'll terminate in chapter 6. This is Genesis chapter 5 and chapter 6. Uh, just turn in your Bibles with me and I'll, I'll just canvas through this really quickly if you don't mind. And, and so the first time we see Noah, as I said before, is in the section that is commonly referred to or stated as the generation of Adam. We get, of course, to where uh, 
we see, we see, we, we see Noah born to Lamech when he was 182 years old. Noah, according to the scripture, if you make your way down to verse number 29 of chapter 5, there was a certain expectation on Noah's life even from birth. So in verse number 29 of Genesis chapter number 5, here is what it would say. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, may he bring us relief from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord had cursed. Uh, I need for you to see the correlation and the connection between Genesis chapter 3 and where we are now at in Genesis chapter 5, particularly verse number 29. In Genesis chapter 3, you remember that Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. You remember that Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent and as a result of the deception and a result of them sinning in the sight of God, having eaten of the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God did pronounce some things on them. For example, on the serpent, he would say, from this point on, you will, you will crawl on your belly. Then he would say to the woman, from this point on, uh, as you bring children into the world, you should do so in great travail and pain. But he would also say to the man, my voice is almost gone, so that means the sermon is almost done. He would also say to the man, watch it, because of you, the earth will be cursed. Uh, uh, it will no longer bring fruit and produce with the type of ease that you have recognized in times past. And so now by the sweat of your brow, you, you're going to have to eat your bread. In other words, you're going to have to toil. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to keep the land and, and keep the, the garden that you, you tend to in order for you to bring about produce. And so the, 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 the pattern is there. And so Lamech... As he is living on the earth, he recognizes how hard it is. It's, the land is cursed. It's not that the land wasn't producing, but it's so hard. And so he equates it as the land has been cursed. And there is something about Noah. When Noah is born, Lamech gives him the name Noah. And the name Noah translated sounds like the word in Hebrew that is translated comfort, rest, or even peace. So when he gives Noah the name Noah, it is a reflection of what they want in this world. Noah bears for some reason the spirit of someone who could bring relief. You, Noah, even though he's a newborn, has this spirit within him that his father sees. And he says there is something in you that could help change the paradigm. There is something in you that could change the custom. There is something in you that could change the culture. There is something in you that could break those chains. So it says Noah, Noah, Noah had this expectation on him. And then it goes on, if you continue the reading, it goes on to tell us that as you get to chapter number 6, verse number 1, we're still in Genesis, that God looks down and, and the earth is filled with 
discord. The earth is filled with wickedness. The earth has become full of sin and the earth is in total disarray. And as you make your way down, as God is getting ready to say, I'm going to destroy everyone and I'm going to destroy everything, it brings us directly down to verse number eight. Because in verse number eight, you would hear these words, these words but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse number six and seven of, of Genesis chapter number six, God is fed up and he is getting ready to wipe things out. But the scripture does a break, it does, it does a halt, and it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord is getting ready to destroy the earth and everything therein. His mind is made up, but the scripture breaks right there to say, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I just have four observations for us and, and, and the message will be yours. And it comes right here, it comes right here. Here's what I want us to see that faith does. Faith, number one, stays God's hand from destruction. I used to hear old preachers say when I was growing up, you and I could be the difference as to why it is uh, our businesses don't go belly up. You and I might be the difference as to why it is the school system doesn't plunge as quickly as it could into total disarray. Any, any teachers in the house? You might be the reason because of your faith, why this place hasn't yet truly gone down. I know the world is going crazy. I know things are going bad. But trust me, faith is the thing that stays God's hand. So God is ready to bring about destruction. God is ready to turn things around. God is ready to wipe things out and wipe people out. But Noah found favor. In the eyes of the Lord, you and I might be the reason. And that is not to some sound pompous. That is not for us to be prideful. But I want us to see that the reason why it is the world has not yet been destroyed by fire might just be because God is still looking down. And not only is he seeing faith, but he recognized that there are, there are more people in need of it. So here it is, here it is, as I, I pull off first point number one. Faith stays God's hand from destruction. You, you, I, I know your family might be in a mess, but you might be the reason why the family still could get together at Thanksgiving. I know the family has been in discord, but you might be the reason why it is Christmas. Even though there might be calamity when the family gets together, we still get together. You might be the reason why the next generation turns to God simply because there is someone with faith that is there in the family. I have you to know that in my entire family as I I recall and I remember it was only my grandmother that was a member of the body. And through my grandmother, my aunt eventually became a member of the body. And through my grandmother, I eventually became a member of the body. And through my grandmother, my grandfather eventually became a member of the body. Prior to my grandmother, I'm telling you, I don't know where would I would have been. Faith stays. You guys with me? Faith stays God's hand of destruction. 
But watch this. Number two, I want us to observe this. Because as you read in the text, come down with me, come down with me. In verse number 22 of Genesis chapter 6, there is a statement and a phrase that is made that becomes so important and so integral to the background and backdrop of Noah. After God gives Noah all these instructions as to not only the building of the ark, but to how to go ahead and build the ark. In verse number 22 of Genesis chapter 6, I want you to see this. Look down in your text. In verse number 22, it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him to do. Is that in your Bibles? Number two, observation number two. Faith is a response to the favor of God. Let me repeat that one more time. Faith is a response to the favor of God. After you have tasted of the goodness of God, faith says, I will respond in kind. Don't miss this because this is why Pharaoh becomes such a, a, a figure in not only Israelite history but even for, for biblical readers today because after Pharaoh encountered the power of God, he, st he still chose to disregard God's word. <laughs> after he saw the ten plagues, he still decided that I was going to reject God's power. And in the rejection of God's power, ultimately the thing that he received was destruction. So faith, notice this, faith even though one may encounter the goodness of God, even though one may encounter the power of God, even though one may encounter God himself, faith is not automatic. Every single one of us are drawing breath in here right now. That's the goodness of God. But that doesn't mean because we have an encounter with the goodness of God that faith becomes automatic in one's life. Faith is a choice. Faith is a decision. Faith is a response to the favor, to the goodness, to the grace, to the mercy, to the love of our almighty Jehovah. So faith is intentional. Faith is a response. Faith is a decision. Watch it now. Number three, faith is a choice to be obedient to what God had said, even though you and I may be short-sighted to see it. Come back to Hebrews, Hebrews 11. I have one more point and I'm done. Come back to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Quick, quick, quick. Go down to verse number 7. Hebrews 11. Go down to verse number 7. It says, by faith. Say, by faith. Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm excited and crazy all at the same time. I want you to appreciate, and I know many of us do, 
but appreciate how crazy it would have been what God was asking Noah to do when he asked Noah to do it. I want you to appreciate how crazy it would have looked to the people who were on the outside looking in to see what Noah was doing when Noah was doing it. Not only that, I want you to understand how crazy it would have sounded to everyone to hear Noah say what God said to him at the time when God said, said it to him. The scripture is clear that at this particular point in time, the only type of watering of, of the crops is described as a mist that would come up from the ground at night to water the, the, the plants and to water the vegetation. And during the daytime, that mist would dissipate. They didn't know what a flood was. They didn't know what rain looked like. They didn't know. So here is Noah, and he is building this ark. And while he's building this ark, he is trying to warn people of a destruction of a flood, of rains, of water coming down from the earth. People are looking to this man like a madman. And for a hundred years, he is building this ark. And for a hundred years, rain has yet to fall. For a hundred years, he is preaching about the warning and warning the, about the destruction to come. And for a hundred years, people are looking to him like a lunatic. But faith says, I will still continue to build. I'll still continue to nail these nails in these boards. I'll still continue to preach even when I don't see what you have seen. Because faith is enough simply because God said it. Not because you have yet to encounter it means that it is not real. There is an advantage. There is an advantage. I'm, I'm done. I promise you. I'm done. There is an advantage to putting your confidence in God. When you put your confidence in God, it's like you being a child, but there is a grown six, seven footer behind you that is able to tell you what is beyond this pulpit. Because as a child, you might be here face to face. If this pulpit wasn't glass, you couldn't see beyond the pulpit. But as an adult, I could tell the child there is, there, there is something beyond the pulpit. The child, because of how tall they are, can't see beyond the pulpit. But the adult could view over the pulpit and tell the child what's going on. We serve a God that doesn't just deal with time, space, and matter. He is outside of the realm of that. When God stands and, and he talks, he is able to give us a view, not necessarily of things that we are going through now, but things in the future. So God tells him, listen, there's going to come a time of destruction, Noah. You can't see it. But I think I've given you enough data to trust in my word that when I say that destruction is coming, you start building, you start working, you start warning, and you keep faith. Because I'm able to see things that you have yet to experience. And I'm able to see things that you have yet to understand and appreciate. So faith is a choice. Say choice. Faith is a choice to be obedient to what God said, even when you and I can't see it.
And finally, as I close, it's 15 minutes past the hour of 10. Faith is the standard by which the world will be judged. Don't miss it. Faith is the standard by which this world will be judged. Look at verse 11. By faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. By which, talking about faith, going back to that subject matter, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Don't, don't, don't let that verse trip you up. That is not to say that Noah himself was the judge. That is not to say that you and I have the capacity to condemn people. But here is how the, this word is used. The idea is because Noah typified and exemplified and had faith in his generation, it was proof positive that other individuals could have done what Noah did. So when judgment comes, it came as a result of the fact that faith was in fact possible in a time where everything seemed impossible. And if this person could exemplify faith, then that means you could exemplify faith as well. You and I don't have an excuse. When hardship comes, faith is there. When difficulty comes, faith is there. When trials come, faith is there. When pain comes, Faith is there when heartbreak comes. You with me? Faith is there. Faith is the thing that will judge the world. It is the standard by which this world will be judged. So I want to ask you guys to stand. Is Vinicio here? Is Vinicio here? He's not here. He's not here. So we, I wanted us to pray specifically for Vinicio. But I want you guys to stand. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. I didn't give the, the title sermon this morning, but it's simple. Because he said it, I'll do it. Let that, let that sit into your spirit. Because he said it, I'll do it. Say it, say it in your heart one more time. Don't, don't say it aloud just yet. Confirm it in your own spirit because he said it. I'll do it. Let it sit, let it sit, let it sit, let it sit. Now, now just verbalize it. Don't verbalize it to anybody yet. Just, just verbalize it, just underneath your breath, because he said it. I'll do it. Now, now say it with a little bass in your voice. Look to the person next to you and simply utter the words, because he said it. I'll do it. Because he said it, I'll do it. Just like Noah trusted God. So we need to trust God as well. Let's all sing our song of invitation at this time.